Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Bloom Business. Glad to have you all with us. My next guest, uh, we're actually returning a company back on the program. We're welcoming back a company that works with a wide array of cannabis companies, including large multi-state operators, single-state operators, and small mom-pop shops. So they full spectrum. They are able to support large cannabis operators and craft boutique operators in different ways. So we like the big guy and the little guy are being taken care of by the folks at Vangst. V-A-N-G-S-T. You're familiar with them. We had a... Their CEO, Carson Humiston, here on the program back in, it was uh, August 2019, I believe. And we welcome now Kelsey Applebaum, who's head of community partnerships on the program. Thanks for being with us, Kelsey. Hi, how are you? Doing wonderful. Thanks for making time to join us. Now, as I mentioned, we spoke with your founder and CEO back in 2019. Great conversation. We really talked a lot about her and just the, the plight for her as a woman, as a leader in the cannabis industry. That was really some of the focus of that episode. There were a lot of things were coming out, a lot of accolades were being given. I didn't get a lot of time to talk about the platform. I want to do that today. So back then, she did talk about the Vanks platform and how it has progressed today. As new cannabis ventures explain, the platform helps to pair prospective employees with cannabis companies. Candidates create a profile. Vanks helps them to achieve the necessary credentials depending on the state. Cannabis companies can use Vanks to help find qualified candidates and maintain optimal levels of staffing, whether they need full-time gig workers or a mix of both and when a gig worker finds their way through banks that person's a w2 employee clocks in clocks out receives payment through the platform and most recently the platform has recently launched a training offering so candidates can learn about topics like cannabis retail and compliance very important today so they can stand out during the application process and be more prepared for their first day on the job so it's been a couple couple of years pandemic happened and now the growth in the hiring of the process uh, and the hiring of the process of the uh, cannabis industry has matured since then. Talk to me about, you know, how Vanks has continued to answer the call. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for the overview. Makes my life easier. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely have progressed over the past few years when it comes to that hiring platform. Um, and really every progression that we've made is to answer the needs of individuals looking for a job as well as companies that are actively hiring. And like you mentioned, those companies range from um, the largest companies in cannabis, all the way to brand new organizations and new markets. Um, and they all have varying levels of needs. Um, something that we actually learned recently is that most companies in cannabis don't actually have the ability to build out a careers page and or they haven't invested the energy into doing it themselves. Um, so something that Banks is really excited about is anybody that works with us is able to actually have a free careers page integrated onto their website through our Banks platform, which just allows more access for candidates to learn about opportunities on their team and then, of course, allows companies to hire great individuals. Um, so really for us, our hiring platform is catered to the people that are looking for roles and companies that are looking to hire. Um, and every adjustment that we make and every addition that we we make is really to serve them. 
Now, I want to ask also, when it comes to the training that you're offering now, yeah. uh, can you tell me how intricate, how detailed is it when it comes to finding about areas in the retail process, the seed to sale tracking compliance? Because we know now that, you know, and I'm wanting to find out really how, how rampant is it right now? I mean, how an appealing position is it? You know, are there a lot of companies offering good quality salaries for compliance? Are there a lot of jobs out there for compliance? Because it sounds like from a guest we had on that I just recorded with recently uh, from that's running a bachelor's and master's degree program in the business of cannabis. They're mm -hmm. talking especially about trying to go ahead and educate in compliance specifically because they know that that's going to be such a major factor once legalization is rolled out, depending on which compliance software will reign supreme, things like that. I wanted to find out how much compliance is really embedded, how much training is there? Yeah, so we're actively building out our training programs, um, and we want to make sure that they are indicative of truly what our clients are looking for um, within a candidate workforce. Um, so TBD on what specifics you're going to see, I'm happy to keep you updated there, um, but that's going to be coming soon. Um, in terms of the compliance piece, I think all of us know that compliance is really the cornerstone of the regulated industry right now. Um, every individual that joins a team needs to have an understanding of compliance, understand how their role um, actually contributes to being compliant within a regulated space. Um, so of course, as we're building out education, we want to be cognizant of that. Um, but I will be sure to keep you posted on what that looks like specifically. I'm sure we'll get to continue to follow <laughs> along on that. Now, yep. as more states begin to legalize, more and more people are considering the thought of leaving their federally, federally regulated jobs completely and entering into the industry themselves. In addition to using cannabis freely, which is always an issue when it comes to drug testing, we'll talk about that after the break, uh, there are a number of benefits that cannabis industry employees have reported. Now, on the latest information I found out when it comes to the job market for cannabis right now, the MJ Biz Factbook has reported that it's right now expected to support between 425 and 520,000 full-time jobs in the U.S. could go up to 670,000 by 2025. That's the latest I've seen on that. With that said... The perks. So according yeah. to Vank's new 2021 salary guide, more than 50% of all surveyed companies provided paid time off, medical, dental, and vision insurance. More than one-third of surveyed companies provided 401ks, remote work schedules, and long- or short-term disability support. Uh, now, the other thing I know I read a lot about as well is when you look at the younger demographic of the workforce and the great resignation, as they talk about Talk to me about the changes in benefits and the other perks that cannabis industry candidates are being persuaded by. Yeah, um, it's always funny when these questions come up because I can't help but think of when I joined banks five years ago. Um, five years ago, there were no benefits. I don't even know if we had benefits now that I think about it. Um, it's all kind of a blur. Uh, yeah, I remember joining the team and we were sitting in like a 10 by 10 room trying to figure out how to even recruit within cannabis and do that effectively um, in regulated markets. And a big selling point um, for some of our clients was that they actually had benefits because back in 2016, 17, 18, that really wasn't the standard. Um, there's a lot of challenges in order to get benefits in place um, at mass for employees within a technically federally illegal industry. Um, so seeing some of those statistics and understanding how just workforce has evolved is really incredible to see. Um, I think anybody that's been in the industry um, especially on the plant touching side, as long as um, at least I have, you you see that progression in real time. You see that 
uh, five years ago, a 401k was not offered. I don't think with any of the companies that we worked with. Um, And if so, maybe one or two. And now, especially on the ancillary side, it's very standard. Um, And then plant touching, it's also incorporated within their business models as well. Um, So it's really interesting to see the evolve, uh, evolvement of it. That being said, there's still a long way to go. um, And we need to make sure that as we are growing and the demands for strong talent are continuing to increase that the benefits that we offer um, align with what individuals are seeing outside of the industry. Um, You know, the, what's interesting too, is looking at the pandemic, we ended up being in a situation where going into the pandemic, especially at banks. And I think any other cannabis company, we had no idea what to expect. Um, We had no idea if this was going to affect our industry in a negative or positive way, just like every other space, we were confused. Um, And what was beautiful is seeing that uh, the response to cannabis was really positive. It was considered an essential industry. It was deemed essential in almost every single market. Um, It uh, was contributing to economic stability um, and also allowing for individuals that worked in cannabis to still continue to be able to represent their employers and then also attracted individuals that weren't in cannabis to actually consider cannabis as a legitimate job sector to consider industry being having a full disconnect, yeah. losing the employees turnover yeah. and then bringing them re uh, returning back to work. Instead, you just had a readjustment that readjustment yeah. now is the remote work aspect. And listen, I mean, if you can offer enough to get somebody to the office, but we're the pandemic just provided the fact that now with any job, you know, even for us at cannabis radio, we haven't returned to any studios. Our studios are within our homes. We yeah. stayed remote. It, and we're still as effective or more effective than before. Yeah. Now, I can understand those that want to do the hybrid of, okay, a couple days for collaboration, for you know, team working in office and then remote other days. I mean, the, of the companies that are looking to uh, reach out to these, empo- these potential employees, you know, they know they have that leverage now. So yeah. how of those in that salary guide what can you tell me about what they were surveyed about how much they have to you know the concessions they have to give when it comes to remote working do you mean in terms of benefits that they have to offer well no just that the companies they're not going to get somebody in in person physically in the office every day yeah. Um, so within remote working in cannabis, it, for a lot of companies, that's an option, but for others, it's not right. You can't have somebody who's leading up a large cultivation facility work from home. Um, that's just not possible, right? Those well, that's, plants. And that's clear. It, yeah. The cultivators, the grow house, yeah. you can't do that at all. But, but then but those the are administration, the ones yeah. that are going to be in the infrastructure working, uh, yeah, administrative specifically or yeah. you know, middle management, things like that. Sure. I think it's pretty standard still, right? Um, Most companies that we've seen are flexible at this point. Um, Even at banks, we have the option to go into the office. I probably go in maybe once or twice a week, but there's no requirement. It's really just, I think, something that companies um, create opportunities for in terms of collaboration and culture building, but it's not something that we're typically seeing is a true requirement um, at this point. Um, I think that that'll probably change. I think a lot of companies do miss actually being in an office with people and what that does to their culture, but we're not seeing a mass trend of everybody saying we are officially going back to office full time. Um, it's likely going to be a slow build to that. And then on top of that, what is it I mean, for the companies themselves? How much are they saving by removing that office space off their bottom line? Or if they're having the issues of the equipment they had to give. If it's just laptops you're just sending off, 
you yeah. know, and assigning them and putting them out or just giving some kind of a stipend for those people, the kind of money they're getting so they can get the equipment they need. And, you know, it's really, I mean, all your, all your uh, resource management software, that's going to still be remote for everybody to go work off of. Yeah. So any collaboration tools are there for you. And any other software when it comes to what you need to do and just really to continue to work, Zoom calls, obviously, like we're doing now, <laughs> all that's available. So yeah. there's got to be a come to Jesus moment for companies. Yeah, I mean, unless you pay overspend on the salary for that to get the office structure back, I don't think companies want to do that now, especially if they're corporate size. They're going to say, well, we're going we're gonna to just try to keep cutting corners. Yeah, I, I think every company is a little different, right? Like some people see the dollar sign is just that they can save money. Others say it's a worthwhile investment if that leads to better retention, right? Um, there is discussions in the industry of um, if we continue remote, how do we know that people are truly bought in, right? We want them to really live and breathe our company culture and values. Um, and that's something that came more naturally to people when they were working in an office and really seeing what they were working towards. But it's a balance, right? No company is going to have the same um, standards as the next. They're all going to really do what's best for them. Yeah. Um, I think that what we're finding on the candidate side is that candidates don't want to really consider opportunities that are solely focused on in office, uh, especially on the administration side. So um, on that administrative side, they want to be able to have a flexible work from home schedule. Um, of course, there's roles that still require you to be in office every day. Um, but the ones that aren't, you know, candidates are really craving that dual work life. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, I'm here with Kelsey Applebaum, head of community partnerships at Vanks here on Blunt Business. Back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad. With Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. I'm here with Kelsey Applebaum, the head of community partnerships at Vangst. Uh, Vangst is V-A-N-G-S-T.com. Make sure to check out the website as we continue. Uh, one of the stories that really came up that we learned about that definitely heated some commentary from your team at Vangst. Marijuana Moment recently reported, quote, the, recent, the U.S. Department of Transportation is proposing a new drug testing policy that could have significant implications for workers who use marijuana off the job. The current policy mandates urine testing, which advocates and experts view as problematic because one, THC metabolites 
can show up in a person's urine for up to weeks or months after consumption, resulting in false positive tests for people who are not actually impaired on the job. And the practice of forcing workers to urinate in a collection jar is also viewed as a particularly invasive procedure. Now mm -hmm. there's a notice in the Federal Register published late last month. The department's recommending that testing of oral saliva is an alternate option. The proposal says there will be a four nanogram per milliliter screening test off for THC, which would detect use of marijuana while eliminating possibilities of positive tests resulting from passive exposure. So taking away the traditional drug testing method and oral swaps. <clears throat> and this recommendation is based on use from HHS that concluded that a four nanogram per milliliter screening test cutoff would detect use of marijuana while eliminating positive tests. Talk about this consequence of what this would do if the drug testing now for those coming into work, this is outside of the cannabis industry or in, if they need to worry about drug testing, if they decide to go this route and oral swabbing is the new method to go with, what do you think? Well, I think it's progress, right? Um, and to me, that's always a win. Um, in cannabis, a lot of times we're fighting an uphill battle um, because there's so much, especially from the federal level, that it's just how we've done it. So we're going to continue doing it this way. Um, and it's not necessarily what's indicative of the progressions that we've seen. Um, specifically in this instance, this is a much better option. And I think advocates are seeing it as somewhat of a win, but it's definitely not something that we're going to continue having discussions about because is it really a true win if there's still drug testing in place, right? Especially if somebody is a medical consumer. Um, so really as the industry progresses, the conversations that we're hearing is what's the next step, right? We've advocated for better drug testing policies, um, which are more accurate um, and feel a little bit more inviting for people. Um, but is that all? Is that where we're going to stop? And I think that the next step that I am at least hearing in the community is, well, what now? How do we how do we ensure that individuals that use cannabis in a regulated medicinal capacity, um, how do they have safe access to jobs and are able to actually work in different industries, specifically this, um, if they are still going to be looked at in a negative fashion for using cannabis. Um, now, granted, this isn't something that's all like all encompassing across all industries. So individuals with medical backgrounds that use cannabis medicinally, there are, are other options, but you know, this is still progress. Um, hopefully there's more progress, yeah. but it, it is still a good step. And then also we consider there are certain positions within the cultivation versus the dispensary that you would need to have varying levels if somebody's going to operate any machinery that there would be concern of how impaired they might be. They might be ingesting or consuming cannabis, but is there a certain level of degree that they should be somewhat not impaired so that they're, you know, so they do not become a hazard in the workplace? Yeah. I mean, from a compliance standpoint, um, either at the state or market level, as well as within company SOPs, most companies don't allow you to consume while on working hours. Um, that's something that, especially within our gig employments, uh, candidates, we definitely educate them on just because you're working in a dispensary doesn't mean that you can be, uh, consuming cannabis during working hours. Um, so if that's not something that's mandated by local markets, that's also something that employers typically have within their SOPs. Um, so really the risk of that in my mind, doesn't seem extremely high. I think from, um, you know, trepidatious lawmakers, it seems higher, but the reality is, is that, 
I think people think it's a privilege to work in cannabis, right? Um, people know that if they are going to be operating machinery, if they are going to be working in such a compliant and regulated space, that that requires them to really be um, working at their optimal capacity, which in some people's mind means that they shouldn't be consuming. Um, that's up for personal debate, but it's not really something that we hear too much of. Um, really in all my time at Bankst, I think that I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that we've gotten feedback that somebody uh, has actually consumed on site. I don't even know if it's been even five. Um, it, it's just not very often because I think that it's, it's something that candidates and individuals working in this space understand it's a privilege and they don't want to break compliance and they also don't want to put their job at risk. Um, they're working. It's still a job. Um, just because you're interacting with cannabis doesn't necessarily mean you have to consume it. Moving along, Lexology recently wrote a report on equity compensation for cannabis employees. This caught my attention. Talking about potential employee traps. Quote, yeah. cannabis employees should be wary of companies that offer equity compensation in lieu of any pay at all. Employees with equity stakes have some legal protections as employees and minority owners, and they can potentially negotiate for greater protections in the company's governing documents. Many of the rights and protections mirror what many minority owner of a closely held company would benefit from. If, as described above, there is a worry that the company's owners will drain cash by paying themselves excessive salaries, it is in the employees and other minority shareholders' interests to require the company mandate no salaries or maximum salaries for owners and proportional distributions otherwise. That means if that the company is making money and the majority owners want to pull cash out of it, minority owners like employees would also get a proportional cash distribution. And so the negotiation must occur before the employee accepts compensation arrangement. I haven't heard about this part, but that's interesting where you have a company not paying salaries but offering equity stake in the company itself. What about the yeah. issues here? Yeah, this is not new. Um, I wish that this was something that has actually been covered more extensively in the past. Um, I've had the privilege and opportunity to contribute to license applications in 15, soon to be 16 markets. Um, and every market has good things going and also some areas of improvement. Um, and something that we've seen a lot of in the past is that um, there are predatory policies that companies can try to get away with. And these aren't necessarily our clients. This is just the industry as a whole. Um, yeah, and the industry is that clear. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, by the way, we want to make sure that every individual that's employed through banks gets paid. We don't, we don't pay out candidates through equity. Um, they get a salary, a paycheck, an hourly wage, whatever it may be. Um, but what we see is in the industry um, is that there are predatory practices like this. Um, these predatory practices typically happen when there isn't an advisor that's actually giving that company good insight into how to navigate the license application process in an ethical uh, capacity. So they're not working with a licensing firm and or they're not partnering with banks to look for candidates to represent their license. Um, and what they're doing is they're going off book per se and trying to take advantage of individuals. Um, what you are finding a lot is that as the dialogue around social equity is continuing to increase, um, rightfully so. Um, companies are trying to find the loopholes into still getting access to the licenses that they wanted um, by taking advantage of individuals that could qualify for social equity um, uh, licensing opportunities. Um, it's not right. Um, it's something that I've spoken a lot about in the community, but it definitely exists. Um, 
what my recommendation would be for anybody that's considering contributing to a license application uh, in newer existing markets is understand what the company's values are. A company that has strong values should not be afraid to pay you. They should be excited to pay you. Um, they should be excited to invest in you in all aspects. Um, and that starts from licensing. So just because you want to get on a license or just because you want to contribute to a license application in a new market um, doesn't mean that you should just jump at the only opportunity if it's not a good one. You should really wait for the right opportunity um, so that you're taking you're taking care of versus taking advantage of. Yep. We're going to go to another commercial break. Uh, before we go to break, I got to make mention of that. It's just, wow, that is iffy, very shady to go and see something like that yeah. actually offered. And I, I really never knew about that, but I want to make yeah. sure the audience was aware. If you are looking to be a candidate or you're looking to go and change where you are in employment, yeah. this is something you need to keep an eye on. If a company's yeah. doing this, I would want to just say, you know, it's, there's one thing to be say, like if you're working sales and it's commission only. But yeah. it's this right here where it's like, okay, you don't have any guarantee of what any kind of money is and there's no salary to it. I don't even know how you go ahead and pull out any kind of funds for yourself and what kind of a structure it is, the frequency of payment on top of that. That's that yeah. all something I would never want to be a part of myself. But for those yeah. out there, hey, buyer beware. You need to yeah. keep an eye I on that. Look, equity to me is a bonus, right? It's something that you should see in right. addition to being taken care of financially. Um, a company should always want to pay you because you're putting your time and energy and effort into being successful within their organization and they should appreciate that. If they want to show appreciation um, solely through compensation, that's fantastic, but it should be something that if they're offering equity, it should be in addition to that, not in lieu of it. Um, you really should be taken care of. And this is not new. Um, I'm surprised that this is something that's just kind of getting around right now because these are things that we've seen for years. Um, and like I said, that's kind of the beauty of, I think, working with us if there are opportunities where we contribute to license applications is we either let you know, hey, this is an opportunity for you to contribute um, and it's unpaid because it is truly an unpaid opportunity um, and or it is paid and this is why. But we try to make it as clear as possible. Um, and that's typically mandated by the client. Um, that being said, we really don't see that many unpaid opportunities with this at all um, and definitely not with equity in lieu of that. And not to mention, if you're going to show honor to your employees, start up a 401k and match yeah. the contributions. That's what you do. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. But, you know, that's, I don't know what that's like. I never had a com company like that. And, and if I did, you know, sometimes with me, when it comes to the, what I've done for employment, I worked in corporate the first uh, seven years or so of my existence. And I got here to where I'm at with this company that runs Cannabis Radio, among other uh, entities. And I'll tell you, you know, I don't miss much of doing, you know, having the chance of having, a, you know, a Roth IRA being uh, contributed into or 401k or you know any some of the benefits that were offered it's just yeah. i think just the way that people the, the way that candidates look at things now and look at the job market it it's really it's opened up a lot you could do a lot of different options you don't have to go the same route as everybody else and the industry is also progressive enough they know well you know we have to go and change with the times and we're going to be as flexible as we can to get the right people hired yeah. i want to go yeah. and talk about that because i want to ask a you kind of really brought up some things and this was from the idea of the gig economy you referenced that yeah. just before and I mentioned it at the start about the training and uh, some of the new things that are being added on with banks. I want to ask about that. And, you know, <laughs> the progress of banks since we did talk to uh, Carson back in 2019, a lot of things that she mentioned she was going to do with the company. I want to see where the progress is. We're here with Kelsey Applebaum, head of community partnerships at Vangst. And that's, again, V-A-N-G-S-T dot com. Check that out as we go to commercial break. We'll be right back. 
rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm back with final questions with Kelsey Applebaum, head of community partnerships at Vangst. And we'll let people know how you can go and get yourself signed up to go and be a part and let Vangst work with you on your next appointment opportunity. Your next dream job, if you will. So you mentioned the gig economy. And I mentioned earlier in in the episode how one of the things you're offering now is where through the Vanks platform, that person is a W-2 employee, clocks in, clocks out, receives payment through the Vanks platform. So it's essentially the Uber model, which I love that model. And I will say I've, I've done some work with them in the past and I will not uh, confirm or deny that I don't work with them now. But <laughs> the thing is, is that it, it's I like the flexible part time extra income that I could put in and just throw away and just put away because that's what it is right now for me. Talk to me about that and what, what's the, uh, the spectrum of jobs available for gig economists? Yeah, uh, love always talking about this because I'll never forget when we were in the room in late 2017 actually talking about this. And it really did just come from a collaboration uh, within our team and saying, we can actually make this something that really benefits our industry and to see where it is today is incredible. Um, I was actually just talking with Carson, our CEO, yeah. and we've officially hit 200,000 uh, gigs roles that we've actually that filled. Is huge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so to see that milestone over the past four years, five years has been incredible. Um, really the response with gigs is just to create more employment opportunities for individuals. What you find in cannabis is that yes, there's a lot of full-time roles, but there's also a lot of needs that companies have around temporary support um, and finding individuals that have actually had experience, are eager to work and eager to contribute to a company's success in a temporary capacity is enormous. Um, so it's been really fantastic seeing the growth there. Um, in terms of roles, it's really it's really dependent on the company, right? Uh, within the gigs model, we see, of course, some of the more um, support level roles within cannabis, such as production associates, harvest associates, bud tenders, et cetera. But we're also seeing um, that somebody might need coverage for a staff accountant that's going on maternity leave. And they don't really necessarily want to bring somebody in internally at a full-time capacity. They want to have somebody that's contracted through banks just because we built that trust with them. So um, a lot of times when we talk about gigs, yes, we're looking at Um, lower level support roles that are more temporary needs, but we're also looking for higher level coverage that just might not be a full-time need that a company has. Right. And I meant gig workers, not gig economists. (laughs) But either which way, uh, it's a good thing to have. And I can imagine there's certain jobs that have that. I mean, right now you have delivery services in various states right now. And I can imagine that's a great way to go ahead and have one of these kind of companies we've featured on blunt business and say, Hey, you know what, you know, you know, you can do this Uber model yourself and get people yeah. out there to go and do the deliveries and their time, pick them up. And now with that said, are you doing anything where you have an app or, or that, anything like that? Where is it just really just that you're having people just clock in, clock out, and then you're helping with their payroll services? Is it something where you're also controlling where there's like if there is a shipment or delivery or some, some kind of a project 
and then they're dinged about it, and then they have to respond within a certain amount of time to be hired for that particular temporary spot. Yeah, um, we are always working to improve. Um, and there are a lot of features probably that I can't talk about too right. much just yet that lead exactly to that, right? We want this to feel more intuitive for people. We want people to get a notification saying that there is an opportunity in their area and are they excited for it? Mm-hmm. We're already doing that, but we're always looking to optimize it. Um, so currently anybody in our network, which now has 80,000 plus people, they're getting notified uh, at least weekly, if not daily on what opportunities exist in their area. Um, that's how we keep up with the demand. Um, that being said, this is not where we're going to end up. We're constantly evolving that. I was just in a meeting yesterday um, with our product and engineering team to understand what the next phase of growth is. And it's pretty incredible. Um, things that I don't even realize are happening behind the scene um, are really going to make candidates and make individuals looking for employment in cannabis even more excited to work with Gangst because of these features. Nobody else is doing that. Um, we want to make sure that individuals have access to jobs and cannabis in any way that they choose, right? Um, something that's fantastic about the gigs model is that you can start off doing a contract harvesting role and then a week later be employed full-time with that company. Um, I think anybody that's applied for a job in cannabis knows that it's really difficult to actually get something across the finish line. The competition's really high. It might be really hard to get in with a company that you're excited about. And this gives people access um, starting at that level and having an opportunity to at least have the door open could create a really long-term opportunity for them. And we see that happening every day. Fantastic. Now we're going to go and wrap things up and go ahead and talk about Vanks itself. For those that you haven't had a chance, go to the website yet. Please make sure to go and look right now. Vanks, V-A-N-G-S-T.com. And we mentioned Carson, who was founder and CEO of the company back in 2019 that, as, as a guest on the program. And recently she spoke with Biz Journals. Said the company is looking to build out the staffing platform, add key features in training and payment products for cannabis employees, and talking about doubling the current staff uh, as it eyes new market opportunities across the country. She said this, quote, The cannabis industry is experiencing huge regulatory tailwinds. New markets are opening at a fast rate due to strong public sentiment, pandemic-stretched state budgets, and mounting legislative pressure at the federal level. Cannabis businesses are high-margin businesses with massive expected growth. Vanks is positioned perfectly to support the explosive hiring needs. So let's tell people how to go ahead and go right now to the website, what they can do about starting their own employee profile and letting potential employers look at them and hire them. Yeah. Uh, So what we always encourage individuals to do is create a profile on banks.com. That allows you to upload your resume, really create a well-rounded profile that highlights your accomplishments, your background, and then of course start networking. Um, We do have companies that are constantly posting jobs. We have about 2000 jobs actively posted on there right now. Um, So individuals are able to actively apply to any of those roles as well as connect with any of our recruiters. By connecting with our recruiters, you're able to access even more opportunities that may not even be listed on banks.com as they may be confidential. So for us, starting with creating a profile is always going to be the first step. And then it really opens up a window of opportunities to actually get employment within cannabis. And also one of the things I noticed on the website is a expert level talent matching so you can yeah. schedule a consultation. Um, talk to me how that entails. Sure. Um, so something that we realize as we are building out banks and, and growing is that 
sometimes candidates just wanted to talk to a company. They didn't necessarily want to go through a recruiter, um, which is where we really started um, building out our hiring platform, uh, which incorporates a job board. That job board allows individuals, just like they do on other job boards, to actually apply directly with the company and not have to go through a bank's recruiter. Um, so we're seeing people get employed every single day that don't even talk to recruiters should they not want to. Um, they're able to apply to a job within any of those uh, 2,000 ones that are posted um, and actually actually create employment opportunities for themselves directly. Um, and that's both for contract roles as well as full-time positions. And I got to tell you, I'm looking at your LinkedIn page and I'm really, uh, so you've been over five years at Banks yeah. and you've moved up that ladder so well. And <laughs> you can see like every year, okay, bump up, bump up, bump up. And yeah. you're, that's the, really the epitome of where you want to be at. And now you're vice president of partnerships. I mentioned head, but VP of partnerships. Yeah. And, when you look at that, I mean, obviously it's like practice what you preach. You want yeah. to, the banks is trying to go ahead and provide just for their own team, the kind yeah. of level of employee support that you would hope all the other companies are looking to follow. Yeah. I think um, it's always funny looking at my career because it makes me want to just continue advocating for our industry. Um, I joined banks as the eighth employee. Um, I've currently been here longer than anybody else. And I had no idea what I was walking into. We were, like I mentioned before, in a 10 by 10 room. I was using, I think our CEO's father's old laptop. Um, I took a chance on a company that didn't really have any infrastructure in place um, and was really integral in some of the building blocks that have taken place over the past five years. Um, and especially working with a female-led company, it's opened up so many opportunities. Um, we don't just look at people as employees. We really want to nurture them and invest in them. Um, and I think that something that I'm really proud of in my own career is that I've been um, able to be treated so fairly um, and given so many opportunities by a company that just wants to contribute to overall success within employees within cannabis. Um, so I love seeing my journey because I hope that everybody else that we place has the same journey. You know, I, I see it within the placements that I made when I was recruiting at Vangst. Um, I recruited in almost 30 markets within the cannabis sector, nice. um, more so than any at the time, if not still. Um, and a lot of the individuals that I placed within mid-level leadership roles in 2017 are now VPs and executives for the largest cannabis companies in the world. Um, and we all get to kind of come together and actually relish in the the excitement of actually seeing that journey. So um, I love looking at my story and, and seeing individual stories that I've impacted and actually using that as a case study for why you should actually join cannabis, right? We're not just an essential industry, but we're an industry that actually invests in your growth. Um, there's more opportunities in this industry than any other. And we're going to leave it at that. Again, <laughs> Vice President of Partnerships at Vanks, Kelsey Applebaum. Thanks for being with us here on Blunt Business. So glad to have you on. Thanks for sharing time with us. Yeah, it was so great chatting with you. Absolutely. And listeners, thanks again for listening in. You know where to find the show. Every major podcast portal, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher. Look for us, share the word, and we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.
Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.